So in order to have our focus of attention be upon heaven, earth, oneself, present moment, there is life and we are moving in space, in our body we're moving. No second, no moment is identical to the one which has gone before or the one which will follow. And so <clears throat> we have this still point of eternity in the center of the spiritual heart and soul, which is very serene. And yet everything around it is moving in time and space. And our reference point generally becomes a place of desire or focus toward the future. This is what I would like, or this is what one would wish. Or it turns to, this is what I would not like, or this is what one would not wish. And so a more appropriate frame of reference would be, from that still point of eternity, who am I in heaven on earth? Who am I in that second attention, that deeper mystical spiritual attention, attenuated to the divine, and whatever name or state we wish to call it, God in many names, or the universe, or the absolute or source. When we are paying attention to this from the soul and the deeper qualities of our being, the incarnation becomes the vessel of that soul. And that first attention of life on the earth shifts in meaning to follow the first larger attention to heaven. Okay, So we then have that inner attention be the direction, the pearl forming, and then the incarnation is the vessel for that. And this requires the will to awaken, the will to receive grace, the will to love enough to embody that grace. And what occurs in our arguments and fights within ourselves and toward others is the reaction, no, or not yet, or not here, or, you know, I'm here. And when we move in that way and we don't allow that quality of that inner attention of heaven to manifest and move through our incarnation, we suffer. We are disturbed. The universe is disturbed. And we can't find an answer that will bring even a reparation allowing the last moment to be fulfilled. And we're upset. How dare the universe take that from me? How dare you take that from me? You know, this is what I was trying to do. And most of the dilemma for the human being is trying to find a manner in which, an inner language in which, one can embody the principle of this repatriated state of heaven on earth. All one has to do is let go of the breath and the hatred or hostility or animosity or incomplete sense 
of one's own history and present. I do not mean this to be disrespectful of one's memory of the past and the present, but being defined by it does not allow us the movement into the next breath toward the future. So I'll give several examples. Let's say for my friend who was discussing the Civil War with me, we turn to members of our own families who died in the Civil War. We were discussing trying to find an answer toward the future moment where the pain of something that happened in each of our families over a century ago could be a response of grace. And that would then allow what happens in the next century to not have a civil war. This is the yearning all beings have toward heaven. And in discussing it, it became the stories of someone from his family who was a 12-year-old messenger boy, the stories of one of two brothers who died, so that there was only one brother left to care for the land of the family and the parents and the grandparents. It's a strong part of, of this person's history and present life. Who shall make reparations for him? And we might ask, where was he from? What nationality? What religious group? What race? And what we do when we enter this field is we tend to say, I prefer this man who died in Yugoslavia in that war, who was from this tribe, to that woman who died in childbirth in Mongolia, who was from that tribe. And I go, why don't you make reparations for both of them and for yourself and for me? And we tend to very innocently answer, this is where innocence is important in us all. Well, I didn't realize I was related to all of these people. I wasn't causing and thinking and remembering of them as being of my tribe. I go, right, not yet, you weren't, but now you are. Now we are. We are repatriating all human beings to heaven on earth. So the, the descendant, the niece or nephew of the woman who died in childbirth in Mongolia has a history of friction in his or her or their life based on their ancestry, known or unknown in their consciousness. And yet, that then directionally turns them toward becoming the pearl, the water flowing through the river, formed by the river banks and the nature of its currents, and yet of the mystery of God, the creator of the river and of you and the deceased woman's soul and her baby's soul and of me. We take a breath and realize, well, what shall we all do now? 
based upon what we do and do not know. We do not have to leave the mystery to find the map toward the future beside one another. And then we turn to someone who can't find their innocence. They're too disturbed about what their grandfather went through or their grandmother or they themselves. And we turn to the idea of repatriation. How do we repair, restore the nature of what is injured or suffering in that human being? Well, again, we first turn toward the heavens. How shall that being, that woman, man, child, elder, that human being, how shall they be of heaven beside us? And they might say to us, I'm from Sri Lanka. My grandmother was sold in slavery to a person from Malaysia who resided in the Middle East. How do I ever heal from this? And I could talk to a close friend who's a black woman in her early 80s who might say to me, well, you know, Beth, I just, I never knew there were so many slaves from Asia. I just was so mad, I, I, I just didn't know. I go, well, of course you didn't know. It wasn't part of the conversation of Holy Family you were taught, but I was. And then I talk with this older woman about how to be with this. The extreme shame in the Asian woman, very different from my black American woman, descendant of slaves, experience. My black friend is sort of enraged. Well, you know, everybody owes me. I go, maybe, maybe. Maybe they owe me too. A couple ancestors who died for you. I didn't get to know them. Nobody's going to pay me reparations because they were white. They could be any color. They could be Eskimo. They could be South African from the Zulu or Shona tribe. But what we get caught in, in these middle worlds between heaven and earth is, you're from the wrong race. Well, you, you don't understand you're from the wrong language. I go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You will never remember heaven if we try paying every single debt of every single scar that you have caused and I have caused. So how shall we do this? Well, I would feel, and this is my own perception, I would feel that the way through this is to remember heaven. Practice heaven in one another, toward one another. Oh, I bow to that place in you, which is of heaven. In all time, from the past of all of your ancestors and mine, to this present moment in which we are together as nobly and fervently in our love and our faith and our practice virtue and our humility because none of us are perfect, as deeply as we can, we are praying and practicing this together side by side. And then something arises through you or through me where there is not a winner or a loser. Because the modern way we've moved toward the phrase of a frame of reference is with a boundary. 
well, my, my nation, my people, my tribe. And the way we've moved toward reparations is a phrase noted for the winner and the loser. In World War II, the Allied nations who were considered to have won the war demanded of the nations which had lost the war, the Axis nations, you will pay for this. Germany, you will pay for this. Italy, Finland, Japan, you'll pay. You'll pay us. And then I can talk to a young Japanese man who's in his 40s now. He's so sad about it, embarrassed, resentful. How can he live in the United States when he resents the United States? How does he make peace? See, what does one do? How does one do this? And so if at every juncture I have to win over you, and then you have to win over me, and then my brother has to win over your grandchild, and then your son-in-law has to win over my neighbor, all we've done is been homesick. Homesick. I am so sick for heaven. I can't bear it until you pay me enough that I can stand it again. I go, we can't really get there that way. So what does one do? Well, one begins to not regard the other person as a winner or loser, but that the karmic actions of our history are something we have encountered together, willingly and unwillingly. And that in the spiritual framework of the present moment, we willingly practice heaven in you, in me, as we breathe and embody together to the best of our ability, the human race. Ah, and you speak this language, the human race. Ah, and your body is fragile and strong in this way and mine in this way. So that the vessels of our incarnations are instruments of heaven, not objects where one is greater this way and one is lesser this way and one is going to win that war over the other and the other is going to make reparations back. So I'd like us to go from the present moment back in history. There is at this time in our, in our lives on the earth, this is the year 2022, there are more slaves now than there have ever been in human history, currently on the earth. And so I've had a number of people ask me for many years, how does one address this? How do we heal this extreme experience that has been slavery? Well, slaves have been held by most of the Native American tribes, most of the European tribes, most of the Asian tribes, most of the South American tribes, most of the Indo-European tribes going across into the Caucasus and down out throughout Africa. And so when we look at the world, we realize, well, almost every tribe on the earth has enslaved others to objectify them and use them for brute strength, objectified possessions, 
How do we let that go in ourselves? Well, we realize that some part of all of our ancestors kidnapped and sold people or caught people in times of warfare and argument and said, you're my possession now. And so when one of us says, well, your people did this to my people, they are correct for a certain period of time and a certain geography. But it doesn't answer the reparation they're seeking. They're seeking, and we're all seeking, the reparation of repatriating ourselves to who we were caused to be that is beyond kidnapping another, beyond selling another, beyond being kidnapped by another, and beyond being sold by another. So if the individual, one is, would practice this as oneself for the sake of all beings who have ever been human beings, all beings who are human beings on the earth at the present time, and we ask in our prayers and our practices how Father, Mother, God, Great One, Creator, Universe, Dharmakai, the clear light of reality, Thought, the original nature of the universe, that which can't be named, we turn to that and ask, how might I, one human being, embody allowing heaven to move through all other human beings, not objectifying them. And though I am not perfect, my practicing letting heaven move through every man and woman and human being and elder and child you have created, including myself. And by allowing that to move through oneself as life. One is repatriating the soul of the human race. And all the vessels that are all the incarnations on the earth now stretch slightly and move. Oh, you remember me. Oh, you remember yourself. Okay, now what did we do so long ago? All of us, what did we do? Who did we think we were? What were we doing? How did we get so stuck separating heaven and earth and all these dimensions of consciousness? Now, where were we? How do we go forward so that grace or the light and sound of the divine through you and the light and sound and creation of the divine through me can meet? And the quality of God face to face in us can remember itself and express itself so that we become the quality of that restored or repaired domain that is the human life. 